The Wedding Feelers Podcast. Listen to our podcast. The buffet's closed. We're smaller clothes. Well, ladies and gents, here we are. Uh, this is episode 15 of the Wedding Thinners podcast. Uh, thank you very much. If you're tuning in and you're a repeat listener, I really appreciate uh, your listening. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for all the support. We're getting a lot of messages from people as well, which is amazing. So uh, to anybody that's been uh, sharing and has been following, it's wicked to have you on board. Uh, and even better when you're sharing it and liking it and commenting on it and all that jazz as well. So keep doing those good things. Thank you very much. Um, today, joining me uh, on the podcast, we've got two very, very fascinating, amazingly inspirational uh, guys we've got Kofi Che say hi Kofi hello buddy there's Kofi he's right there and we've got the ever fabulous uh, Paul James say hi Paul hello how you doing now Kofi don't be offended by the fact that I didn't give you the ever fabulous because we know just how fabulous you are based on uh, the very fact oh. that you're, you're doing something quite as amazing as you're doing but I really appreciate that uh, both of you are taking the time out of um, your evenings to uh, join me and have a chat about all things rough and tough if you like whatever um so tell us a little bit about yourself uh paul let's go there first of all who are you what do you do paul okay uh i'm paul and i am a musician uh of sorts uh which means i do lots of different things really um mainly i, I sing in a couple of bands and um i compose music um but i teach and lecture and things like that as well um but yeah, uh, that's kind of what I do. Although recently I haven't been doing that a lot because uh, I haven't been allowed to. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm basically looking after my daughter at the moment, which is my full time thing, which is amazing, and I'm I'm quite lucky to be in that position. I think so. That's 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 what I'm doing at the moment. Very cool. And uh, same on uh, same over to you, Kofi. Yeah, so my name's Kofi, and uh, actually when I grow up, I, I want to be Paul, because he sounds <laughs> super cool. <laughs> he sounds really cool. I have no musical talent whatsoever, um, but um, I'm a married dad of three kids. Um, I'm quite into my cycling. Um, when I'm not cycling or, or running Ride for Unity, I, I work um, in the recruitment uh, sector for a financial services company based in London, although I've only been to the office once since joining <laughs> But don't tell them. No, <laughs> don't know. I think they might, they might know. They might know. <laughs> no, Paul, this is really useful for both you and I because obviously, as a as a musician myself, our jobs being un, unviable, um, Kofi can get us a job maybe in financial services. Is that? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't know what to do, but yeah, that'd no. be great. I mean, is there a job for us? Could we do something? <laughs> Just entertain really the lift. Can. Just sing Definitely. in the lift. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. We might need voice. We might need voiceovers and stuff like that. Well, so yeah. you never know, right? That's it. Well, listen. You know, you know where to come now, mate. That's what no, I'm saying. We're here. Still we're do. ready, and we're waiting. Um, and it's interesting because obviously, Paul, you have one little one at home with you. I have two, and Kofi, I don't quite know how you are still existing with three young people in your house. Yeah. Uh, because man, that's tough. I mean, it I is. love my kids dearly, and I'm never going to sit here and complain about it. But it's still, as much as I'm sure Paul is loving it and the experience of doing it and growing with uh, with your daughter, uh, it's it's tough. It's very very tough at the moment. But is. I'm, I've, I've got to say that I feel quite lucky though. Um, oh, as do I. I, I think the ages that I've got. So my oldest is 11. Then I've got a nine-year-old. Then a six-year-old. And I think they're quite self-sufficient and school's oh, been good cool. with interactive learning. So that helps. I think oh, yeah, if I definitely. had small charges that were trying to kill themselves every two seconds, it might be a bit trickier. Yes. Mm. I'm pretty yeah. sure I found, I found my youngest uh, had somehow climbed onto the TV cabinet today. I was like, Daddy! I was like, okay, oh, get God. down from there now. Please get down. <laughs> 
And of course, you take him down, and he's angry because you've taken him off of his high pedestal. <laughs> Harmony's going through a stage where she announces she's got a good idea, and it, it's very <laughs> seldom a good idea. Um, <laughs> I've got a good idea, Daddy, and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think the cat's going to like that, or you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah we haven't got any lighters, darling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. Yeah. So um, yeah, she keeps on my toes for sure. Oh, yeah, having cool. a two-year-old is, like I said, lovely, but exhausting but yeah yeah, yeah. i've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old and they are brilliant they are both brilliant entertainment amazingly entertaining um but yeah it's it's uh it's tough it's tiring that's mm. all it is really but anyway we, this is not the the dads complaining about their children podcast <laughs> no, no. um and and let's let's medi- well i'm certainly not and i'm sure you two are not either you know i'm not complaining about either of my kids they're both amazing so we're fortunate to have that i think in our lives at the moment uh, that entertainment is constant isn't it um uh kofi uh, just tell me a little bit then about um your ride for unity it's you know one of the reasons why you're here today just ch- chatting about that uh, and we yeah. should say at this point a big thank you to steve hollander for uh, uh, getting us hooked up and sort of linking us together so thank you steve and um i know that steve listens whilst running so keep going steve you can do it um but yeah Definitely. tell us a little bit about ride for unity what is it and so where did it come from as well buddy yeah so ride for unity started in june last year um, and, and what it is, is it's a global cycling community now. It's become a bit like a family, really. Um, and I started it really because it was after George Floyd was murdered. Um, I just felt compelled to do something, um, to kind of come off the bench and be proactive. Because at the time, I, it put me in a bit of a funk, if I'm honest. Like, yeah. I knew that police brutality had happened in the past, but typically kind of after a couple of weeks or so, the sort of anger or whatever dissipates, you go back to your normal life. But this time, I think maybe the manner of which he died, um, also the timing of it, you know, when everyone's trying to hustle to stay alive, it just felt so futile. And I think you probably relate to this being parents as well. I think what got me was when I saw a picture of him with his daughter and that look that he had with her mm. was just what I or you would have of our kids. And I just thought, what, what a waste, you know, like what are we going to, what can you say to her? So, so effectively, I was in a bit of a funk and I thought to myself, when I looked on social media, there was a lot of anger. Um, it was kind of like quite polarizing. It seemed to be like, if you were black, you get it. If you're not, you don't get it. And coming from pre- a pretty large multicultural family, I just thought, you know what, there's actually more that unites us than, than doesn't. So what can I do to bring people together um, at this time and just remind folks if they needed reminding that, that that's 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 something that is very much still alive and kicking and and try and encourage people to use the spirit of cyclists mm. to support one another come together um at a time of need really so that's a bit about the genesis and i could tell you more about what we actually do oh we will, we will definitely come on to that mate it's yeah. a, an absolutely fascinating concept and i i really love the fact that's that something uh, something so positive something so uh and, and i don't mean this disrespectfully something so simple you know in terms of it's, mm. you know your cycling uh, came from something so horrific and mm. yeah you're totally right i think that there was a well it's fair to say worldwide there was a, a real anger is is doesn't feel like an appropriate word um for mm. what had happened and uh yeah I, like you say i think historically when stuff like that has happened it's always kind of been angry for a week or so and then it's yeah you're totally right it's just disappeared yeah. but yeah, I, think, I think as well, like it's, it sounds like it's like a really important thing to, to do because I think the reminding everyone that 
the unity side of things is is so important as as mm. you know because everything at the moment feels like division everything feels like yeah. polarizing everything feels like um pushing people into certain places and boxes and stuff so yeah. it's it's really good to have things that that remind everyone that we can be one yeah you know, be together yeah exactly yeah 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 and, and that's that's in fact like the slogan or whatever you want to call it is like no matter who you are no matter where you are together we ride you know, nice really simply like that's it I like that. you know if you if you like a bike i like a bike with you know with powers um, yeah so that's the, the it's i didn't create it but that's the ethos of cyclists that i've come across on the road mm. that we just help each other out like you break down you help each other out and yep. it doesn't matter what color you are what gender you are orientation none of that matters and i thought you know what the world could could do it, something it, would, it could bring, be a rallying cry for people and that's where yeah. it's come from i don't think it helped at the time either that you, you know uh, in america they had somebody who was you know running things that was uh, quite so inflammatory and mm. well, dare i say stupid really yeah. <laughs> um you I know that, that yeah. <laughs> it didn't didn't help did it at all and again that's putting it lightly really that that certainly stoked the flames and there were so many times during that whole period where i remember just sitting back thinking this isn't right like surely he actually didn't say that there's there's got to be yeah. some error but i felt like i was in a cartoon oh, uh, i felt like i felt like it was i felt like it was all part of a, a ploy uh do you remember that joaquin phoenix time when he went a bit mad and everyone was like oh he's really bad on drugs and stuff and he grew yeah. his hair and he was a bit crazy uh, and and that actually he went on letterman a couple of times and like and then suddenly the second time he was on letterman he's like actually this has all been part of a film it's all been an elaborate hoax and i felt yeah. like that was what was going to happen with Trump. Like we'd get two years in and be like, sorry folks, it's all been part of a reality show. Um, yeah. Sadly not. Um, yeah. But he's gone. Wee. So we should celebrate that um, most definitely. And I'd like to know more about Ride for Unity uh, in a little bit. I think it's uh, such a fascinating um, concept. And like I say, I don't mean it disrespectfully, but it's such a simple thing. Like you say, like, you know, yeah. it's a community that you can take globally. And that feeling of, yeah. of, of oneness, if you like, exists no matter in the world where wherever you are if you you know if you're riding a bike you, you know you're sort of looking out for each other so yeah we'll come back on to um how people get involved and, and and how it works as well because you yeah. know i know i know it's pretty global from what i read about it and you know you've got well you've got a lot of riders across the world so um yeah and it, it must be really good uh, a good feeling to know that your message albeit one of you know uh, of unity and, and togetherness is is mm. spreading so that that's a wicked thing you're doing mate so yeah, thank you okay for you and, and, well yeah. fascinating Cheers, to watch paul. as well um so paul um you um you're a musician i know that because i've had the pleasure of uh, seeing you play live many times and and hearing your your magnificence so uh, just tell me a little bit about because you've got you've got a couple of bands haven't you that you're you're part of yeah, so so I've got an originals band, One Day Elliot, that I, I guess most people would, would know me from. Um, and scarily, we've been going for uh, about 20, it'll be 22 years this year, um, which is upsetting. Um, to the point where actually we played with a band a couple of years ago, um, who were going, oh, you know, we've been going 20 years this year, it's quite cool. And the band were like, oh, and they looked a bit embarrassed and it turned out that none of them were born um, when we had our first gig. They were all like 19 wow. and we were just like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, obviously we started the band at school and stuff at the end of, you know, uh, sixth form and then, yeah, um, sort of rode that wave a little bit. I think, I, I mean, I took a gap 
decade, I suppose, <laughs> after school, just sort of <laughs> being being in a rock band and like bumming about and, and you know trying to do that. But um, yeah, no, that, I mean, it's, that's been really cool. You know, I've toured in America a couple of times. And I was going to say, you didn't sit, you didn't, you didn't rest on your laurels. It wasn't like you were just sitting on your ass in a band. You know, being that uh, that typical musician, you were you were touring, you were writing, you were. Doing all yeah, we were doing a lot. We were busy. Um, we played a lot of lot of good shows, and I've got a good a lot of good memories. And there, there were loads of times in that when you know I'd see the people I went to school with all who were all like lawyers and doctors and things, and I think, oh, I wonder if I stuck at it, you know, because at that time I had no sort of qualifications or anything because I, I was like, I'm gonna be a rock star. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, yeah, it, I, I don't regret it at all because. I just look back over the, all the amazing memories and the people I've met and um, the places I've been to and, you know, I've got like networks of friends in, all over the country from touring and different bands we played with. So yeah, yeah that's, that's been amazing. Um, and you know, we're still, we're still together, um, although we haven't played now, uh, obviously since, since March. Um, but yeah, yeah, we still, we still are keen to keep going. I think, we had that conversation a little while going oh you know i don't think we're gonna like you know this isn't gonna be our job <laughs> and then we we're like but we still really enjoy it and yeah you know actually let's just keep doing it because every time we play people still show up and sing along and Brilliant. why not you know um so yeah yeah and that's that's cool and your other band is uh the funny thing is we call it the other band in that um it has a different name but it's actually exactly the same lineup exactly the same people um, a different genre <laughs> But yeah, but inevitably we got to that point where um, we realised that we'd probably make more money uh, if uh, from our talents if we actually sort of played functions and weddings and things like that. Um, greatly influenced by yourself, Tom, and yeah. the wonderful <laughs> stuff you do with beer pressure. Thank um, you. But we just thought, you know what? It's been very lazy of us to just not learn a load of covers. And you know, I was a bit resistant at first. I must say, you know, I, I had no interest in learning. Mustang Sally or Mr. Brightside or whatever, but no, um, I've got to say it's been quite fun. So that 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 band's called Brothers from another cover, and um, yeah, yeah, we've for a couple of years now we've been been doing that circuit, and it's it's been a lot of fun. Again, it's the same lineup. We just play other people's songs instead, um, and actually get paid for stuff, which is which is bizarre. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So so that's um, yeah, they're the bands, but yeah. Very cool, awesome. and uh, I mean, I mean, Kofi, you should check out. Well, both bands, you should check out. I mean, they're they're absolutely brilliant, and um, I think if I if my memory serves me correctly, you did a big show for your twentieth anniversary, didn't you? At the Red Line, is that right? We did, uh, you, and I, did I play? You, I think you did. Yeah, did I can't you? Remember, I think yeah, I did. I, I think yes, you did. You played as part of um, oh, Ant's Ant, thing. Ant's thing. Yeah, yes, you, you, that's you, it. You did a guest, you did a cameo appearance in in his his band. At the, that's right. Uh, Playing the keys badly. Um, yeah, do you know what? That was the most. I've got to say, that was the most um, humbling um, experience. We 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 said that we always said that we'd do like a little thing for our twenty year anniversary, and we worked out what the date of our first ever gig was um, in nineteen ninety nine, and then we went right. Well, let's let's book a date and and make that a thing. You know, let, let's just do a gig and sort of have a little bit of a celebrate. And um, we started asking a few of our mates' bands, going, oh, do you, know, do you want to play with us and, and that? And then the response was, like, was yeah. huge. And I then remember you these, saying. Like, do you know what? A couple of bands reformed who had broken oh, right. up just so they could play play the show. And um, I, I've not seen the, the venue, the Red Lion, where we've, we've done a lot of shows. And I know, Tom, you've played there lots of times as well. Like, I've never seen it so busy. 
Um, and what was really lovely is that when we went on at the end of the night, um, bear in mind, I think it had turned into being, it was like a mini festival in the end, like 10 bands played. Um, <laughs> all the bands that had played earlier were still all there, all still at the front, sing, singing along with everything. And um, it was I wasn't, really, I had a gig to go to, I'm so sorry. You did, yeah, you, you weren't yeah. there, Tom. You missed out because everyone else was there still and it was, it was really good. No, um, yeah, no, it was, I, do you know what, I just, I felt so um, flattered that the that people cared and stuff like that enough to, yeah. Um, to you know, to want to support us and 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 do all that, and we did it for charity as well. Well, so I we think as well, it's a, it's a celebration of the fact that you know you guys are still doing it, and I think to, uh, I think to oh, well maybe not so much now, but to to have a job and to be in a, a place of employment for twenty years is almost not so much anymore. But that's a you know that's a normal thing. But to to keep a band going together uh, and to be writing together and to be touring and playing together. Uh, for such a long time as well is is is, is a, such a massive achievement because it's such a multitude of different people different emotions anything can happen you know so yeah i think that's partly why i was excited to be involved with it was because you guys rock obviously uh and i really you know the music you write is brilliant um I don't, I'm not, I'm not just uh, paying lip service by saying that it's great, really good stuff. So, and, and, and at this point, you know, guys, if you're listening, uh, do go check it out. Um, please don't stop the podcast to go and check it out. Obviously, <laughs> um, wait till the end and I'll, uh, I won't allow Paul to tell any links until the very end either. Um, <laughs> but you, um, with your, with your event at the line, uh, so that was two years ago, you were raising money, weren't you for a, a, a very a charity yeah. close to your heart? Well, my wife, my wife runs a charity uh, called Square Pegs Arts, which is um, it's it's a charity that that allows um, young people with autism or like social learning difficulties, things like that, um, to get involved with um, arts activities such as drama, theatre. Um, I do a lot of music with them as well. Um, uh, which and again, that started off as just a little drama group at first, but it's grown into a massive. Um, they have like five different drama groups now that run it weekly. Um, there's there's monthly singing workshops. There's a, a film club. There's a professional theatre company now they've set up um, to get sort of these people, um, you know, potential careers in the arts and things like that. Um, and obviously it's run by my wife, so yeah, it's, it, I'm pretty close with it. I, I work with them quite <laughs> a lot, and um, yeah, I mean, she's great, and, and they're amazing. They've, they've won lots of awards. Um, in yeah. fact, not to, to blow her trumpet on here, but too much, but um, she actually won a thing from the National Lottery this year during lockdown oh, cool. for how they managed to trans, um, transfer over onto the online stuff, uh, and they picked 13 people nationwide as champion of the arts and so oh, she got brilliant. to have her, her professional stuff done and uh, they put a picture in the national portrait gallery and all that kind of stuff wow. so I'm quite Sick. proud of that um, you should get her on the podcast tom she yeah she'd, well just, yeah. more than welcome anytime yeah. <laughs> uh, then we'll we'll uh, we'll make that happen definitely that would be cool to have cool. her on board that'd be really cool um but yeah and um again at the end if there's any links you want to chuck to that um feel free and we'll, yeah, we'll share happy to share anything on these uh, on these pages that we have just because i think it's a, a real nice thing to do that everybody knows the hard work people are putting in and you know the stuff that is out there and accessible for other people as well so but yeah i remember that show fondly um i don't remember how to play any of the songs i played but it was uh, a lot of fun and <laughs> um, so paul i know you're uh, you're training as well at the moment you're doing something for a marathon but we're going to come back to that in just a moment um but i'd like to talk to you paul about um you know one of the sort of uh, underlying themes with the podcast is sort of health and 
well-being and fitness and and for me personally weight loss and um and those sorts of things so i i'm going to ask you a question which sometimes crops into the podcast um and uh make of it what you will and go with it wherever you want to go with it what's your relationship like with food uh well i have a i have a a very very uh, loving relationship with food in that i love it um uh, yeah no i mean i i also i've i've struggled my weight um a lot for a lot for a long time um in that i was always that kid at school that sort of never put on weight and it was fine and then through my adult years i sort of gradually 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 sort of um got bigger and bigger and then yeah 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 i um i've had a bit of a kind of battle with it myself in that like i just i like all food really and mm. not fussy at all and i would yeah i'd love to to lose weight and and all that kind of stuff and i've tried a few times and it's it's hard because i keep coming back to it oh <laughs> we do need it i think that's we have to acknowledge yeah, yeah. that uh, just whatever yeah. i try i just keep coming i back just come back to all of it that's the problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> what are the habits that you would say uh, you know are um the the most difficult for you to to knock uh, i think I think for me it's 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 comfort it's snacking and 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 comfort for me it's um because I, I it's one of the things I really really enjoy and, and my wife does as well um I think for me it's that thing of um like almost like treating myself too much or if I want something I'll I'll have it because especially at the times like now when everything's a mm. bit rubbish you just think oh well you know this will make me feel better you know if I uh, yeah. When I get petrol, if I if I grab something to eat at the petrol station, it will make me feel a bit happier as I'm driving. But do you eat, do you actually some like do you find yourself not really thinking that, and it just sort of it just happens? Like, do mm, you totally. do you go into the, the petrol station and think I'm going to go in and buy a Yorkie because a Yorkie is going to make me happy? Uh, it's not. No, it's no. not. I mean, it's just it's, that's the habit, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think I um I go in with good intentions and then and then just like <laughs> I'm completely peer pressured by the advertising <laughs> and the place <laughs> and 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 the smell and and you know and the the the, the, the poor willpower. I think <laughs> it's a combination of those things. Um, it's a proper bugger though, because it's right it's right by the till. It's not like you can kind of get past it to pay, right? So you have to. Like, exactly it's almost like they don't deliberately to, yeah. <laughs> to it's like they know yeah. Yeah. i um i found myself um a, a while ago i i'd be the same like there's a um, i'm not going to say the name because they don't sponsor us and until they do i'm not going to say the name of the local uh, supermarket that's got a small version in near my house where i live uh, begins with an s and ends in an Uriz. um but feel free to sponsor if you want for a lot of money uh, but basically i found myself uh going in there during the first lockdown and i'd stock up on just shit and i wouldn't actually i wouldn't it wouldn't be something that i would be broadcasting when i went home um but i'd have like fruit pastels in my pocket you know just in case i need a bit of sugar hit and this and that and everything and actually the way i got around it in the end was um what was quite useful in 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 that in that sort of sainsbury's local was the fact that I could just deviate my route to avoid that altogether. So that was really handy. And I don't know, I, I think it was Tesco's started like removing all of that crappy food from the tills, didn't they? So I had a route and I knew that if I went in there, in all likelihood, I would um, come out with something in addition to what I went in there for. So I might've gone in there for pesto and come out with, you know, 10 bars of Yorkies and whatever. But with my other route, with the, the sort of the safe route, I'd only come out with maybe a bottle of water 
you know, and push comes to maybe a diet Coke, you know, and I, I, the way I got around that was to uh, have almost like a, an allowable list of things I could have, you know, so as to not go in and completely deny that urge. Um, and that worked really well for me actually, because of the fact that I was still um, answering the call of the devil in my head of where, you know, saying, you can have this, have this, the willpower being low and leaving, but not having, you know, the potential of consuming, 10 kinder buenos because they're utterly delicious yeah, um, <laughs> so that really worked for me but it is hard especially in those smaller petrol stations when you know there are no aisles that you can sort of zigzag your way through to avoid yeah. it but um yeah that's weirdly good to hear but you do that I, didn't, I had no idea paul um yeah no no i um yeah I'm, I'm i'm bad with with a lot of that sort of stuff and i i, th- I think i i developed really bad habits of like um if i wanted something i just i went and got it you know, yeah. if I fancy that, I'll, there's no one telling me I can't have it, so I, I will. And, Where do you think that originates from, though? Because I, I do the same. Mm, I don't know. I think, I think probably from childhood, I guess. Like, um, you know, I, I'm an only child. My parents were quite ha- like. It's a kind way to say it. Um, they were quite hands off, let's say. Um, but so I never had anyone sort of challenging me or telling me I couldn't do do certain things um so so yeah yeah like i i just sort of i guess learned that if i wanted to eat something i i could and mm. so i did and that was fine when i was young and running about and playing football and all that kind of stuff and then you know as soon as you start driving <laughs> and, yeah. you know, um and visiting you, the service stations of the world well exactly you've suddenly got access to every drive through every <laughs> you know every uh, every everywhere you know so um yeah um i don't know i think it's just i think it's addictions as well i think it's kind of um bad habits and like the obvious ones are stuff like first thing in the morning on the way to work you pull into the the petrol station like in the old i had a a pretty acute um addiction to things like energy drinks and things like that when I was younger mm. um but that's also stemmed with a health thing because I've got I've got um quite bad obstructive sleep apnea as well which I think meant that I always because I was always exhausted I always craved sugar and yeah, you up. Things. Yeah. yeah exactly and I didn't I didn't really know I had it um and and that was a massive thing as well because um in recent years I've obviously we, we discovered this what I had and um that explains a lot, you know, because, yeah. you know, university, for example, I was just sitting there, like, getting through lectures, like, almost narcoleptic, really, because of the, having no sleep at night, but just sitting there with cans of Red Bull lined up just so that I could Get function. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, getting addicted to things like sugar and, and things that, that perk you up momentarily are, are not the best things to get addicted to. No, <laughs> Definitely yeah. not. I found myself drinking more of uh, the the diet coke stuff. Um, I, I'm allowed it on Slimming World, which is all right. Um, but it's yeah, I've noticed that my um, again. I know this is so simple, and of course, and it feels like I'm learning all the time uh, when it comes to eating. Um, but like the more of that that I've had, the more I've wanted sugary things, um, and that's been the the biggest change for me recently. Is that 
you know, since maybe, uh, I don't know, October, I've been having the occasional Diet Coke. Um, and yeah, like I can find myself being like, oh, I've got to have something sugary. Um, so I, I limit, limit myself now to one a week, just as a little, you know, pick me up a little bit of a treat. But yeah, it's, uh, I was having a conversation with somebody earlier about, you know, that the whole sugar addiction thing is, is just off the scale in terms of, you know, is a massive issue, is a massive problem. Mm. And no matter what you put in it to, you know, to say that there's no sugar, well, there's something in there that's still tricking your mind into thinking there is and making you crave something. So yeah, man, it's, uh, yeah. It, it's, it's good to hear in a really weird sort of um, weird way. It's good to hear actually, Paul, that somebody I never knew went through that uh, does experience the same thing. And that's where the podcast idea came from. So thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah. No, no, no worries. Yeah. What about you, Kofi? So like your relationship with food, do you expect, yeah. I'd be interested to know whether, whether you have the same, um, mental conversation with yourself when you're in a garage or when you're in a place where there's just options are endless yeah. food is that the same for you like yeah i i've got to say i absolutely love food i absolutely <laughs> love it um and if listening to what paul was saying i feel like some of if i could call it like the impulses that you have definitely resonate with me like when i go into the petrol station it's just best thing for me to do is pay out the actual pump like yeah. don't go in yeah. if i can because if i do go in it's usually, and especially now, like you said, it's usually like, oh, like, it's just a little treat, like king-size Snickers or whatever it might be, like, you know, and I'll, and I'll get that. And I think um, I probably cycle so that I can eat wherever I want. That's yeah. the way I've worked it out, you know, so, <laughs> like, I've, I've just told myself, like, you're, you know, you're allowed it, but you've got to put the work in and be committed to the cycling because yeah. my, my fear is that, if it will you go off the scale, yeah. Yeah, you go off the scale and then it's hard to get it's hard to get it back from anyone I know that's yeah. trying to lose weight. It's so hard to get it back down once you've gone the other ways. I think mm. um, you know, it's, the whole thing's been a learning curve for me in terms of losing weight, but I think I, I well I, I I don't mind admitting that um well I was completely naive about how to lose weight. I mean the obvious thing is obviously reduce calories, you know, and and in, um increase exercise. Of course I knew that. But it was like, you know, the nutritional value of things and maybe historically I just didn't want to hear it or maybe maybe it should be taught more in schools. I don't know. But I've learned so much along the way about the body. And it was like uh, a couple of weeks ago and I was like, well, you need to have a good supply of water through your body because that flushes all the toxins and stuff. And I was yeah. like, what? I need to drink more. And I, lo I looked on this app and, you know, because of my height and my weight, it was saying I needed to like drink nearly five liters of water a day. And I still don't know how I didn't lose weight that week because I was in that toilet every two and a half minutes because of the fact it's five liters. But that's a bit yeah. too much information for any visual learners out there. But yeah, yeah it's really, definitely been a learning curve. I was going to say, Tom, I think, I think you're, you're totally right there. Like the, the bad stuff, the stuff that is sugary and like bad and whatever, I find that it's, that is so much easier to come by and also yeah. like less expensive to like get, like for me, like seeing it in the shop. So I think you've got to like make a massive concerted effort to yeah, like to, to avoid it. get that, to yeah. avoid it. Yeah, totally. I think one of the things for me is, is I think that's completely right. It, it's so much harder, I think, in terms of convenience at least, to eat healthily because mm. everything is set up to not, you know, and, and financially and everything. One of the best things for me is, is when, when Harmony was born, because we, we make a concerted effort to all eat together, for every meal um so that you know we don't have a separate thing for her we, we just all sit down together and she share she has what we're having mm. which means that we are mindful about what we put in our food so that it's 
you know, she's not getting. And I think for me that that was a massive turning point because now I'm sort of caring about someone else and their food. I'm like, right, well, I, I, I don't want that going in your body. And then, of course, yeah. then I'm thinking, but I, I put it in mine like all the time, you know. So um, it changes your mindset on that a little bit, I think, sometimes. Yeah. Well, that's where it, this this time round, um, I would say that the, the journey has been going on for about four years, which actually uh, wraps up to around the time that um, Rufus was born. And, you know, and it, it puts it in, puts your life into perspective, of course. That's an understatement. When you become a dad or when you become a parent, you suddenly start thinking, uh, okay, and I wanted to extend the time I was with my kids, you know, and not not keep doing the things that was going to reduce my time with them um, by eating poorly and not exercising. So I'm pleased that that has happened and, you know, I'm pleased it's still ongoing. But I think what what has been really enlightening for me is the fact that I never really knew what could be considered a healthy or option in in the in the sort of sense of needing something convenient um and i never really was bothered to do the research and so i you know the very last thing i did um the sort of final thing i did before like uh, well the most recent thing i suppose it's a weird way of putting it i joined slimming world uh and very reluctantly joined it was sort of after having a bit of a um, a bit of a breakdown and a bit of a moment of I just don't know what to do anymore. I've tried this. I've gone and done this PT and I've run over here and I hated it and I did this and I hated it. And I went to my doctors and I just basically said, look, I need help. I'm trying to lose weight. It won't work for me. And they they were great. They put me on to, you know, um, some counseling and stuff, which was awesome. But joining the um, the whole Slimming World thing and not to preach about that, this is not what the podcast is about, has really simplified food um and that has been incredibly useful and they call it a lifestyle change rather than a, a diet which I, I, I suppose is the healthier way of looking at it but what i found was i would be going into those petrol stations i would be going into those supermarkets with a bit of an arsenal of right well i know i really want all that chocolatey shit there uh, but actually um i know if i want to lose the weight i can just grab some watermelon or some fruit that would be wicked and get myself a pack of chicken there you go and you know and that that for me was my workaround and it took a, a long time to get into that habit. Um, and um, I've lost it a little bit for some reason recently. I, I like the urge to have more um, sugary stuff and the sort of the not so good stuff has been, it's been quite significant. And I can only attribute that to the fact that this lockdown this time has been particularly tough, isn't it? I, I don't mm. know whether you're feeling it, but yeah, just knackered, aren't they? <laughs> to put it yeah. bluntly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think those those in, those things that impact you, like when you feel tired, when you feel down, you know, things that impact your life negatively. I know for me, the first thing I do is think, right, okay. Um, like for me, if if something bad happens to me, the first thing I want to do is like grab something unhealthy, <laughs> you know, and be like, right, <laughs> that'll cheer me up for for five minutes. You know, I'll feel awful after I've had it. Do you feel uh, guilty? Uh, yeah, I do. I I do feel guilty. Um, I I do that thing where I kind of just I trick myself into justifying it to myself. What before um, or afterwards? Uh, all the way through. So oh, okay. I almost go right. Well, I you know this is the reason I'm going to have this, and that that's okay. And then I have it, and then I'm feeling like, well, I probably shouldn't eat this. And then afterwards, I'm like, well, okay, I can't do anything about it now. But like, you Tomorrow know, I won't have that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I just kind of. Um, you know, you trick yourself. And I, I think, I think you're right. I think having funny, cause I, I actually did Slimming World, um, just before Harmony was born, actually on the lead up to when she was born. Right. Um, and you know, I, I lost three stone doing, oh, right. Slimming. um, uh, it, it was, it was interesting. It was quite fun. Cause I was like the only guy who did it in that particular <laughs> one. And I had lots of like middle-aged women, like 
to chat to every week when I went long to, to weigh in and stuff. <laughs> I, I had mixed things with it. I, I think overall it's good. I think the thing is, I think you have to have a bit of um, sort of knowledge about stuff in general to do it right because yeah. there were loads of people there doing it that were proper struggling because of the, the way the system works. I think that um, with Slimming World, for example, I think that the whole like sins thing, there were so many women there that were like, and I only say women because that's all the other people that were there were women. Um, there was so many were like, well, I've got, I can have like four more sins today. So I'm going to like, I'm going to stop by and, and use them up on this. Like, yeah. And their, their thing was almost like it was, it was to the kind of the rules rather than thinking about actually what they were having, you know? So because they were allowed to have as much pasta as they want, they were like, they were gorging on pasta like every day, but then weighing in and not having lost any weight. And, yeah. and you, so you're just like, well, I think um, that's the, that's, that's where I'm at. I mean, pasta is actually my weakness and that's the one thing that I, I do have to be quite um, regimented with. Cause I could, eat, I could, it's just so lovely. I could just eat the whole bag, man. Um, yeah. but I, I think what's really good about the group I go to, the lady who runs that is look, your sins are there, but they're not to be, you know, don't use them all if you can avoid it. Uh, and that's really, that's, um, that sentiment is, is sort of echoed all the time. Um, yeah. But you're right. In, I mean, I don't know whether you experienced this, the, the, the for me, what I get from that is that support network more than anything else. Mm. Um, and when I'm having and a accountability, yeah, like weighing, you know, getting weighed in every week and sort of like, you know, not having it announced, but sort of being <laughs> yeah. put up against the people. Yeah. There's that, there's almost a competitive thing about it. Yeah. Isn't there? There's like, right. Well, I, w- I want to make sure I'm slimmer of the week this week. So I can get <laughs> that kind of toy home or whatever it is yeah. they do. <laughs> you know, um, I've had an argument with my scale. So I'm, we're not, we're not talking at the moment. I mean, I mean, okay. as well. So uh, it was a bit of a uh, Elliot who appeared on one of the other earlier podcasts is a, a fantastic personal trainer and he, he, he and I box together um, and he teaches me to box and that's where my fitness journey started if you like. And he, I was texting him, mate, I'm really struggling at the minute. He was like, look, don't step on your scales, put your work shirt on that you haven't worn for however many weeks. Uh, you know, put your work trousers on that you haven't worn for so many weeks, see how they fit. So I put them on. And these are new shirts I've had to buy since losing weight. I put them on, they fucking fit and they, they're still baggy, you know? So that was a real moment of my weight on the scales was saying that I gained and then gained again, uh, but only by a pound here and there. And that was really bothering me. And I was having really good weeks, not perfect, but good. I was walking, I've just done a, a fundraising thing for war child and a friend of mine uh, and I, we, we collaborated and we, we walked, um, 400 miles together in January. So I knew I was putting the effort in movement wise, you know, I was putting some mileage down. I was doing my regular weekly virtual PT session where I did my weight. Yeah. I was drinking five liters of water a day. It's just doing all these things. But no, no, your body's not interested. So yeah, I've moved away from it for a minute. I'm always fearful of um, falling into old habits. I'm always fearful of putting on that weight that I've lost. I've nearly lost three stone. I've been teetering on that edge for quite some time. Um, It's really good time. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really proud of that. Although if you'd have asked me last week um, what my successes have been, I could not have told you uh, for whatever reason, but yeah, it's fascinating to hear Paul, how many uh, comparisons there are between you and I actually uh, when it comes to what we've been doing. So we should uh, totally chat again, Um, maybe not on a podcast though, but that's good to hear. Um, Kofi, you know, I know you're, you're an incredibly active person. Um, you clearly have the sa- a similar relationship to to food that we have in that you going to go in and eat all of the Snickers. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I think as well, like I want to put in that I find that what, what's bad as well is if if I ever go to the shops and I'm 
hungry when I get that it's just a yeah. recipe for disaster because I will have a shopping list, but everything looks good, right? Yeah. Everything looks good and everything's going in the trolley. So that's why you, like, you only went in for like for bacon or something. And you come out with 10 croissants, jammy dodges. A loaf of bread. I just need a loaf of bread and some eggs. That's all. And I've come back with like a hundred pounds worth of shopping of snacks, sweets. Yeah. Yeah, my, my wife doesn't let me go shopping anymore. I went, I went just before <laughs> Christmas and uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, but we needed cheese footballs. Like it's Christmas. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's part of the whole podcast thing is, is it's good to hear. I think other people saying the same things. I keep saying, yeah. it, I know, but that's where this came from. But, um, and you must, I mean, with regards to your, I mean, how many miles do you cycle a week, Kofi? Cause you know, you, yeah. you got all the gear, you're part of a global cycling. Uh, do you call it a global yeah. cycling group family? Yeah. Let- community network. Community. I don't know. Some family It's become a bit like a family actually. And I think the lovely thing about it, maybe similar to swim to slimming world is just the support network yeah. that it gives. Um, so what sort so, of have you got a road bike or are you a hybrid or are you a mountain bike guy or yeah I'm a, I'm a road bike person so that's that's like when I was a kid I had a bike and tour around with that and I think what was it 2005 through like rides to work cycle to work I got a road bike and then started to commute with it okay cool. and then started set myself challenges like to do London to Brighton and then again and then London Brighton back and then did some a ride to Paris to raise some money for Macmillan cancer oh, wow. and just yeah set myself different goals and targets but on average to your question on a weekly basis probably at the moment I'm hovering at around 80 miles or so um, a week a week but that's mainly that's mainly indoors which isn't my preferred mode but okay. needs must because of I guess, lockdown and homeschooling and all that sort of stuff yeah of course I think that's still impressive though that you know I guess um often the the urge to not do it when you're at home is probably quite high um yeah. but it's very impressive to maintain such a high mileage number when you're still indoors so good on yeah. you mate but on a like, on a i mean how often do you get out on the road yeah so when the weather was better it would probably be like i don't know three sundays in four but before lockdown i'd commute to work on the bike so that was my thing so and how, how far is the commute oh uh, that'd be 10 miles each way Okay. Wow. Pretty cool. Yeah, so, and I mean, so. like, you don't look like you're a particularly heavy set type of person anyway, but you know, have you, yeah. do you notice that there's, um, what, what you know, your weight maintains cause obviously of all the Snickers, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but like, do you notice, I mean, when you first started doing cycling more, uh, more regularly, yeah. did you notice a change in your body weight? Cause I've, I, I have a bike as well and I've heard cycling is, is yeah. good for your, you know, for weight loss. Um, yeah. It seems like it's a pretty good way of exercising. And like you, I don't like going out in the dark necessarily. I don't like no. going out in crappy weather. It's just not cool to do that. Um, but it is nice to go out on a bike ride. And now the boys have got their little seats on the back as well. That's quite fun. But oh, did, nice. you notice, did you notice a real change in in your fitness? How quick did that come about? Like, how would you? I mean, would you recommend it basically to someone who's trying to lose weight? I, I would. I would. I think initially. Um, it's probably what turned me on to trying to think a bit more healthily about the food that I was eating. Cause I, I, I wasn't particularly educated about what constituted healthy food and what didn't. And so when I started and I was like commuting to work, it just completely knackered me. So I'd get to work and I'd just be like absolutely shattered. And of course, pick me up. It's like sweets and yeah. crap and whatever I can eat to just boost me back up again. And then there's one colleague that I had who was like properly, you know, ripped and chiseled and stuff. And he was like, yeah, you just, you, you don't want to be eating like the sort of cereals that, like Cocoa Pops and stuff like that. He was like, you need to go for more slow releasing um, stuff like porridge and things like that. So 
So I started to sort of switch my food up on that, on that basis. And over time, I found that you know, I was able to have more energy and ride further. And then I introduced like eating while I was riding as well. But, but in terms of weight loss, I think it's because I've maybe kept it quite consistent with the distance that I do, I don't stand on scales too much, but I broadly stay within like a bound of maybe plus or minus two kilograms from about 80, 82. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Numbers that we can dream of, Paul. Yeah. I was bigger. I was definitely bigger before. So I think when I, before I started riding, I was like 90 um, right. kilograms or so. And, and at that time it was like post uni, I was all into like, muscles and whatever but i don't know I, I got to this point where i was like i just want to be like operationally fit like yeah. be able to chase after the kids rather than look the part and then die trying to chase <laughs> after them you know so yeah so then yeah the weight kind of came off because i stopped doing the gym stuff and did more cycling i actually noticed um that in when i was in my funk about like oh i've got any successes or i'll keep putting weight on i don't know why i sounded like a peaky blinder when i said that but i, I, I totally <laughs> i totally had that like like within the last week it was, oh, nothing's going right uh and um it was who was it that put me onto it was uh, i was doing oh yeah it was the lady from slimming world said well you know you're telling me there's no non-scale victories but you've just walked 400 miles you've added five notches to your belt blah 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 blah, blah. um and it was uh the guy i've been walking with um billy who said you know despite how you're feeling i bet when you're walking up because we we obviously haven't been walking together we we live um you know about half hour away from each other and it's obviously we're not allowed to um but he said, look, you know, I bet there's a route with a really massive hill. And he said, and I bet you're going up that hill now. And when you get to the top, you're going to be puffed out because that's normal. And that would be normal for any one of us in this conversation now. Um, and he said, but I bet you recover quicker. Next time you do, he said, go out, find a route, see how you feel at the top. Um, mm. And I did that. I actually took Anne out, uh, Paul. Um, we, we met week before last maybe and he came around we did a night walk around my area because he doesn't live too far yeah. and uh he actually at one point was like mate you need to slow down and we were going up this hill you just need to slow down i can't keep up with you and <laughs> like that for me was a real light bulb moment of wow like actually my body is changing and is adapting that's and fantastic. i am i am fitter you know i'm and still that's, quite large as well and it's not a you no, know he's not a shrinking violet is he no so yeah that's that's good man i think, I um, think you need that you need that time. I think you need like the, the mind for me has become something that I recognize is like supremely powerful, like yes. so, so powerful. And I think whether it's games that you play or goals that you set yourself, you need these reminders of your progress that you're making. And, I most certainly um, do. I've learned yeah. that this lockdown, yeah. like uh, in all of the lockdowns, sorry, I, I need that. Yeah. And I don't know whether normally I get that from on stage with that sort of like confirmation of, you're good. You know, people are clapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like maybe that's why it's been harder on this third lockdown. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know whether Paul feels the same. That there's that. It's not a constant need for praise, but I most certainly need a, a jolt every now and then of, yeah, this is good. Completely. I think that there, there, is, there are things in your life that you need that, that make you feel confident and make you feel, it's, it's like validation, but like, in a not quite as crude a way as I suppose it, it might sound, but it's it, it's kind of like you performing and being on stage is something that, that makes me feel confident. It makes me feel, um, you know, liked or attractive or whatever the word is. You know, I I, I enjoy doing it and it mm. and it makes me, you know, getting that kind of response is is, is good. Um, and I think everyone everyone has their own versions of that. I think. Um, mm. 
so like with weight loss for sure like i think that for some people it's maybe like people complimenting them going oh you're looking really good like someone you haven't seen for a little while who noticed yeah. that you look different or, or like you say like you know the fact that clothes fit a bit better or i mean for a, a good example is I, I started my resolutions. I don't do my resolutions in January like a lot of people do because I think it's dumb doing resolutions <laughs> in January. <laughs> January dark and cold and you've, you, you, everyone's depressed because they haven't got any money and they've had Christmas and tax is coming up and all that kind of shit. Yeah. And so I think, you know what, I'm going to drink my way through January so that I just survive it. And then 1st of February is when I, I go, right, now I'm going to I'm going to improve. And um, so February so far is for me being I've, I've started running again. And Eve, I've lost seven pounds in February so far um, because I've just started. Um, and I know that it drops off quicker to start with. But but also um, what's crazy is that the run I did on, on like the 1st of February, I've done the same run three times. It's only about like two miles or whatever um, just to ease myself in. But I went, I, I ran today and I smashed it. I'm not two minutes off it. Um, I did it all without feeling I needed to stop. And I felt a lot better about it, and mm. and that was my little reward. I got in going, yeah. oh, actually, I, I did all right. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, but so there must um, have there must have been points though, Paul, when you were starting out again. I know you. That's we're six days into Feb, but there were maybe correct me if there there weren't, but there must have been uh, points within those those first couple of runs where was your brain saying to you, Do you know what, Paul? Why are you doing this? Let's just stop bother. Or maybe not, let's not bother, but there must have been a moment where it was like, this is so hard, I don't know if I can do this. Well, so my, my relationship with running is is that constantly, though. Like, I, I'm someone who, I hate running, and I've right. never, ever enjoyed it. And there's never a moment that I'm running that I don't think, I don't wish that I wasn't running, if you know what I mean. Like, I just, yeah. I'm always going, oh. And I've had to trick myself or find the things in it. And and those rewards are, are that, it's that mental. Um, that achievement. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sort of uh, conditioning that you have to sort of give yourself by appreciating or, or finding the rewards elsewhere. Like fe yeah. the, the feeling good that you did it is the reward, you know. Mm. So even though I'm hating every second of doing it, when I get in, I go, oh, but I'm glad I did it. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I well, know, I, now, um, I now fully understand why when Ant, um, and Kofi Ant is a mutual friend of Paul and I, um, okay. and he was on a, an earlier podcast as well and he's a member of my band so he's all around um fantastic guy and everyone's I, band <laughs> yeah he is <laughs> and um i n now i can totally appreciate why when he started doing all of his exercise and he changed his lifestyle you know um for the better i totally get now why well, there was a post every other day going oh, i've just run this amount of what and i can lift this and it's really heavy and and every gig that we turn up to he'd be like do you want to feel my arms and then we'd be like mate I've, you know, we saw you yesterday. No, no, no. Do you want to feel my? So we were constantly having to squeeze his bicep. But I get nice. it now because that was yeah. his validation, and yeah. he said, you know, that was his way of having people. I totally understand that now, and I'm, you know, I was pleased for him at the time, but I was a bit like, oh, come on, Ant, just come on. <laughs> you know, I saw you yesterday. I know you've done a run. Well done. Um, mm. But I totally understand that now. So you know, I fully respect the need for that. Yeah, you know, accolade, uh, albeit yeah. a verbal one from somebody. So, um, but yeah, uh, Paul, it would be wicked if at this point in the in, in the pod, uh, I know that you've prepared a piece of music um, uh, for us. Obviously, because of the perils of lockdown, um, we aren't in the studio, which would have been well convenient for you to come to the studio actually, because for you that would have been like a five minute journey. It's in East Moor, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So it's not far yeah. at all. Um, but uh, I know that you've you've sorted something out for us to have a listen to. So. Uh, at this point, it'd be wicked if you could just sort of introduce it, tell us what it is, where it's come from, and we'll have a listen. 
Yeah, cool. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, like doing live isn't wasn't an option today, mainly because um, my my daughter's directly above me, like fast asleep and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I am. Um, so earlier in the lockdown, um, one of the few things I've managed to do with 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 the guys in One Day Elliot is we put together um, a a track. We did an acoustic thing where we kind of collaborated. We all recorded our parts at home on our phones and then we put them together um so it's kind of like a live recording but virtually if that makes sense um yeah. but yeah this is this is our track um so far so good we originally did it because um hero fest which is a festival that we that actually i know tom you play uh, and actually organized well, co-organized by our friend ant who we've just mentioned um it was going to be a particularly big good one this year and it didn't it didn't happen not this year last year it didn't happen because of obvious reasons um so we kind of we kind of did that this in mind because we thought oh it's a it's a shame we can't get to play that so we put this together and uh yeah yeah um so yeah that's what it is (laughs) well here it is then so far so good by one day elliot
It's been so far so good. It's been so far so good. It's been so far so good. There it is. So far, so good by One Day Elliot. Thank you very much for sending in that track. And of course, if um, anybody listening wants to uh, check out One Day Elliot, how can they can how can they find more of your fabulous tunes? Um, if you go on the old uh, internet and type in One Day Elliot, uh, you'll find loads of stuff. Probably <laughs> our website and YouTube videos that we haven't posted up, but other people have probably. Uh, cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Facebook website, all the usual, all the usual places. All right, lovely. And have you got, well, I mean, obviously a lockdown, depending, have you got any shows or any tours in the pipeline next year or so, anything? Uh, do you know what? With One Day Elliot, nothing booked. We've got plenty right. of brothers from other covers gigs uh, penciled in, <laughs> depending on whether weddings go ahead and things like that. Um, yeah, of course. You know, all the rescheduled ones from last year. But yeah, sure. yeah. Um, yeah and you've got, a, you've got another little project that you, well, I say little, but you've, you've just started something else as well, uh, a cool little project. Tell us a little bit about uh, Rocket Up. Oh, yeah, now, so Rocket Up is an idea that I've had in my head for years and years and years and never really found myself in the position to be able to do it. And lockdown just seemed to be a good a good time. Um, I do it with my, my partner in crime, Phil James, who is not a relation, but we just have very, very similar names. Um, and I'm very lucky because he's an absolute monster. Um, and He is quite talented. He's ridiculous. Um he can he can play everything and he produces really well. So um, it's nice because it's almost like wherever I go, can you play this? He's like, yeah, <laughs> and it makes it really easy. But yeah, yeah, so the idea of Rocket Up, um, it's kind of stupid. 
Um, but it's the premise is it's, there's these two middle-aged guys who um, have been pretty sheltered all their lives, um, just living in a flat and listening and playing rock music. And it's only recently occurred to them that there's music out there that isn't rock music. And of and of naturally they're they're pretty perplexed by this and are confused and don't understand why this would be. And so they set up what they believe is an essential service um, mm. where people can request them to rock up songs that are not rock um, to, I guess, purify them or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, each episode is them kind of getting uh, a letter from someone and and then they they turn... But they're ridiculous. So, so far, some of the episodes have been like the Fireman Sam theme tune. And yeah. there's, a, there's a version of the Gruffalo that's yeah. done like Rage Against the Machine like that. Uh, really? and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it, it, I mean, it, it, I, I hope it's funny. I, it, people seem to be laughing at it, which is good. I hope in the right way. But, it, I mean, <laughs> I guess it's, it's kind of like Wayne's World meets Spinal Tap but not as good as either of those things. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it's, that's the premise. And, well, I, I um, like it. And if, I you, if you go and check out Rocket Up, that'd be great. But yeah, yeah it's, it's been I a lot of fun. More recently, we've actually, the last couple completely isolated. So that's been a challenge. Um, so we've both got green screens um, in our houses and um, we've recorded all our parts at home and videoed all our parts at home and then just sort of sent it across. So nice. That's good. Clever, yeah, really good. It's the rock, time. Rock it, time rock to it up. Do, yeah, rock, rock it up. up. Like a like a space rocket up. Um, okay. Yeah. It's well worth checking out. And and Kofi, send a song request in, and they'll uh, they'll rock it up for you. I, yeah, I yeah. Anything you like. You can do. You can. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon they'll do anything. I reckon anything yeah. at all. Um, all right. Well, that, again, I thoroughly endorse that, and I suggest anybody listening there takes a look at the um, the YouTube page and page and has a listen to some of that. It's it's brilliant, and as you say, it's funny. Um, it's just also very entertaining, especially right now where people need a bit of a giggle and something to do. So good on you for doing it, mate. It's wicked fun. Um, so Kofi, uh, I want to go back to Ride for Unity. Um, you know, and I know the origins. You know, I know uh, we've discussed where it came from, why it came about. Um, yeah. You know, and and I I know based on sort of the conversations we had prior to the you know recording tonight that you know it's it's gone global but yeah. how does it how does it work what you know what what is it like i know i know what it is but how does it function yeah um i suppose there are probably like three or four key parts to it so the the start of it was effectively a way to bring people together riding indoors or outdoors so if you ride indoors you might use like a, a turbo trainer um to do that and because we were in lockdown i figured why not bring people together? Because people would have been used to being riding with their mates, but couldn't do that anymore. Mm. So you'd ride indoors and you'd have, we have like a Zoom call at the same time. So you can chat to people about bikes and various other bits of banter right. and, and have a laugh to pass the time. So it's like 45 minutes on a Wednesday, 45 minutes now on a Friday, it's expanded because it just was a Wednesday before. Okay. If you don't do the indoor training thing, you can ride 45 minutes anywhere outdoors and just tag it on whatever tracking app you use as Ride for Unity to get involved and spread positivity. Um, and on the back of that, there's a Strava cycling club, if anyone uses Strava, Ride for Unity. So every week, just as a bit of fun, I do like a top 10 league table All right, okay. um, to show where people are. So it's a bit of competitiveness, but it's a bit of fun. And yeah, you see that there are loads of people around the world that have got into that. Um, and then the second thing we did was back in August when permission uh, conditions permitted, we actually had a series of Ride for Unity events around the world. So we went to LA, it was in New York, 
South Africa, wow. uh, Edinburgh, couple in London as well, where like, I guess, ambassadors or you know, family members, if you will, just took it upon themselves, you know, with support to arrange local rides, um, just to sort of spread the good feeling and the camaraderie. Yeah. Um, that's the second. And then the third um, thing that I do, which I think is probably the most important thing is on a Friday night, I host something called Cycling Chats, which you might have seen on Instagram, yeah, yeah. Um, where to celebrate our unity and our diversity, I've really looked to shift the dial and talk to a broad range of cyclists from across the spectrum of sex, shade, size, shape, professionality, you name it, we talk to them. And the idea behind it is it's all about representation. Mm. It's all about representation because I really believe that if you can see it, then you can believe it. So if I see somebody, I'm thinking that looks a bit like me and they tell their story and their journey, then that might encourage me to think, well, you know what, like Tom did it or Paul did it. Why can't I, you know? Yeah. So we do that. It's lighthearted. We try and make it a bit humorous, but through hearing those stories, it encourages other people to do stuff. And then the fourth and last thing is we've now got some clothing as well. So if you want to participate and buy cycling clothing or t-shirts or some socks, yeah, do that I'm going to get some socks. Character. I just checked. You don't have my size for the for the. Oh no! Event. What so, size are you? Well, I'm a three XL. I'm you know maybe a, you know maybe I should do the two XL you know and work yeah. downwards. But yeah, the socks will fit for now. But we'll work towards the t-shirt. <laughs> soon, soon. Tell me, tell me, yeah, soon, definitely. That's the that's the dream anyway. Um, you also have a charity, or no, you have a charity partnership, I should say. That's right. That's yeah. Right. So tell us about the charity. Um, Lor- is it Laureus? Laureus. That's it. Yeah, Laureus. Laureus. Um, so, yeah, it's it basically a lot of this stuff has kind of happened organically. I didn't start off with a plan and a strategy for it, but as I was doing it, people would ask me, like, is there a way that we can contribute to the work that you're doing and whatever? And, and to be honest, I don't, I don't feel like I need the money. So it's not for me, but I thought that actually it'd be great to use the cycling sport that we're in for good. And Loris, as a charity, had 200 programmes in 40 different countries where they use sport literally for good. So they try and alleviate discrimination, violence, they run education programs and stuff. So through partnering with them, when you buy any of the clothing, the Ride for Unity clothing, like 20% of all sales goes to the work that they do. Because like many other charities, you know, the big ticket things that they would have done before to raise money, they can't do. So um, this is just a way of being able to give back to other people and, and help the kids. Yeah, nice. Well, that's good. I mean, and like you say, you know, it's not um, it's not that you started out with any intention to, you know, to have a charity partnership. To, but I love the fact that you you have put something together out of you know what was such a terrible. Uh, I, I always feel like I'm I'm undervaluing what happened, but you know, such mm. a terrible thing, and so much good has come from it. And uh, yeah. you know, Thank I think you. that's that's the mark of you uh, very much so, and that's the impression I've got. You know, you uh, you're driven and um, really well done, mate. Because it's to go global with something like this, um, it takes a lot of effort. You know, and maybe you're underselling your your input so much, but the, you know, the initial uh, acorn that you know was all on you. So it looks, yeah, no, looks, I've got to say it's fantastic. Thank you. I have to say it's a massive team effort because like I, it would have been called something completely else if my wife hadn't got involved and stopped me from using so many words um so she, she came up with the name um, my brother-in-law luke he's a, a designer he's got his own creative sort of agency he helped me come up with the logo and then through the input of other people um it's allowed that sort of intersection between like the passion that i've got for cycling and the purpose that i've now built with this 
yeah it's like a massive collaboration so yeah like i love it so it doesn't feel like work no but then with people chipping in and sharing ideas makes it's it become easier, more it? it's become really, yeah yeah, it's yeah. Really become easier. bigger and bigger and bigger and it's a yeah. bit like i think it's a bit like anything because when i was trying to think of the name for this podcast i was like oh, it was, um, there were some dreadful name ideas <laughs> I, honestly like awful uh and it, again it was um and this has been uh, documented on many many podcasts but it was ant um, who came up with the yeah of course yeah. and and is king of puns and he's like well you know why don't you call it the wedding thinners because you're a wedding singer most of the time so it just works so um yeah so it was that and then uh, again like you friend designed the logo uh and um another oh and and wrote the theme tune and practically why is Ant not here why is Ant not doing it he should be yeah so uh, i've got a lot of people to thank for um for helping me to get to this point as well and you know and it's the people behind the scenes sometimes that maybe don't get the thanks so but yeah i think it's an absolutely fantastic thing and when it's warmer weather um it will most certainly give me uh another reason to get out on the bike and i will definitely join you uh for for one of them i can't say i'm going to do loads of miles but i'll do my very very best to do something um but um, yeah i'll definitely get involved and you know like i always say uh towards the end of the podcast if there's from either of you if there's ever anything that you want to share if there's any fundraising things you want to put on any of our pages please do so uh and for anybody listening you know our social media pages we're on instagram and we're on facebook uh if you type in the wedding thinners on both of those sites you'll find us uh, and do give us a follow and you'll also be able to find out way more about um, what Kofi's doing with Road for Unity uh, and Paul and his many many bands and uh, his many many uh, other talents as well um, so Paul you know we're going to sort of wrap things up very um, very swiftly but um, but very soon I should say but I know that you are you've been teaching as well and you know you have gone obviously from being a musician who's quite busy especially with um, you know your, your functions and covers band um, and you've gone to very like it's probably gone from busy to very little um but you've adapted your your uh, your your teaching because you teach singing is that right yeah um so yeah basically i mean i i went down to about like 10 percent of the work that, that really? i would do yeah i mean in nearly everywhere i work everything just closed everything just stopped um you know all the schools that i work in or the university or whatever like all just kind of stopped um yeah i couldn't go into anywhere um so i mean i was very limited because because my wife's charity became more busy because she had to then move everything online there were i didn't really have much time to do work but um the the one sort of day a week where i get to do stuff um i've i've started doing a bit of you know teaching singing over zoom and stuff like that which is a challenge because obviously there's a time <laughs> delay and um that makes it very difficult so i have to send all the backing tracks and things to the students first so they can sing along with them at their house um so, rather than me playing them my own um so I've, yeah i've done that um so i've got a few students that have they've kept on doing that um i I still I still do the music stuff for, for my wife's charity. Um, we do like music videos every month with their singing uh, workshop. So the, the the crazy thing with that is I, I ran a monthly singing workshop with them where I turn up for like you know it'd be a few hours like on a Saturday morning once a month, and you know I'd do a song with them that I'd arranged, and by the end of the session we'd done the song. The parents would come in, listen to it, and we'd all everyone be happy. Whereas doing it online um, to make a music video. 
suddenly becomes like a four day bit of work <laughs> almost because yeah. you have to like arrange the song, record a backing track, record a tutorial video and edit that together, send it to them, get them all to send a video of them singing it back to you and then make mm -hmm. an audio and then edit all that together to make a video. <laughs> so yeah, it suddenly becomes like a massive ordeal. Um, well, at, but, least you've, at least you've retrained. So, you know. I've had to learn, I'm so technophobic. I've had to learn how to do so much stuff. Um, you know, uh, in lockdown, I, I've 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 got loads of new skills, which has been you know one of the many sort of positives that have come from it um, for for me. So so that that's good. So I've, I've been trying to get a little bit of uh, money coming in by maintaining some of the the work that I had, but yeah, of course, nearly everything else just just vanished. You know, but in a lot of ways, it's good because I think we we needed a bit of a break. We were both just so busy and. Yeah. Um, you know, passing harmony between us, you know, in car parks when, you know, one of us was going to work, the other one was coming home and it was, it was, it was mental. Whereas I think this kind of forced us into going, right, well, we got to stop. And, you know, my life now is I spend 24 seven with, with my daughter and that's, yeah. that's great. You know, it's awesome. So magic, magic times. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Really and the age, and we, they are at the age, aren't they, where fantastic mm. things regularly happen and fantastic yeah. things are regularly said and things that make you cry with laughter. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. it's the it's the best of times. Um, you're you're training for a marathon as well. What marathon are you training for? Oh, right. So, is it, well, is it a charity thing you're doing? Yeah, well, again, it's for my, it's for, for Square Pegs. This is for my wife's charity. I so I was supposed to do the Brighton Marathon in April 2020, um, and I was I was furious because I mean, as you know, Tom, you, you know me, and anyone who's listening that knows me knows. I'm the least likely person to run a marathon ever. You know, I, I hate running. I'm not built for, for, for moving in any sort of manner. Um, but so I, I agreed to do it because I thought, well, I'll, I'll probably end up raising quite a lot of money because everyone will just not think I'll be able to do it. Um, and I was training really hard all over last winter. I was, I was, I was building up and I did two half marathons the week before lockdown kicked in wow. and then lockdown happened and I was like, Oh, okay. And then, the the marathon got cancelled, uh, well postponed to September, right. which I was like, oh right, well I've got six months left to to sort of like to train. Okay, that's sort of quite good. And then it looked like that was going to get cancelled, and then it just knocked all the 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 wind out your sails. And then I kind of just stopped running. And then it got it got postponed to April this year, and then it's been postponed to September this year. So wow. I'm running the Brighton Marathon in September of this year if it happens. Um, but I'm kind of starting again. Um, um, so, so yeah, yeah, I'm hoping it won't take as long to get back to where I was. Um, but, but yeah, I, and as I said earlier, I'm, I'm not someone that I, I always hate running, but I found some of the things within it that are okay. So I think, you know, when you're doing those long runs, when you're doing like, you know, like, um, 10, 15 miles or whatever, I think sometimes just like having music playing in your ears and mm. I got to the point where I wasn't fast or anything but I could plod along indefinitely um for a, for a long amount of time and I think that was good because I could just listen to music be on my own run along the river or whatever mm. and it was okay so it's just finding those things that allow you to be able to do it and it's definitely a mental thing rather than a physical thing when you get to yeah. that point yeah. um, that's so hard like I don't I, I hats off to you like running I don't mess with that stuff. That is so, <laughs> so hard. Yeah, it's not for me either. But this is another reason I really want to lose weight because I think doing that, because I mean, um, at, I mean, at the moment I'm, I'm about 18 stone and I think that, you know, like, and when I was doing that before, I was, I was, 
I was still like 17 stone or whatever at that time. And I think running that much when you're that heavy, um, it's really, really hard. So yeah. if I can lose a bit of weight, I'm hoping it might get a bit easier, but we'll see. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Once you've done it, switch over to the dark side and come and, come and get a bike. And get on the bike, Paul. I'm inspired to get a bike. I, I, I feel a bit embarrassed because I had a rally chopper when I was a kid. With, yes, um, with the I thing in the middle. About 13, and then it, I, I buckled it, and I never repaired it, and I haven't been on a bike since that day. Oh. Um, Have you so, still got it, though? Somewhere in my mum's garage. So we could head. conceivably say, get to the chopper. You could say that, yeah. One yeah, day. yeah no, but I mean, like, if you repair it, <laughs> and you yeah. can get it roadworthy, yeah. that could be a thing. Surely that's an incentive. Not, otherwise, huh? it, 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 You'd have to do it in the accent, though. For the chopper! That's the shittest Schwarzenegger in the world. It's brilliant. That was really good, man. Much better, man. Thank you very much. Uh, I am available for voiceover work and Schwarzenegger impersonations. Well, I'm going to get uh, you a job, right? I'm going to get you a job, so we saw that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's it. Well, in the lift, like, floor two. I could do all that. <laughs> but it's got to be floor two. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be that. Get down! When, when you're going down. Yeah, got it. Cool. Um, so <laughs> you can tell it's getting late when it gets weirder and weirder with the conversation. But um, I, I, I just want to finish up by, by saying a, a massive thank you to uh, both of you uh, for joining us this evening. Um, it is this evening and... Um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and to hear your stories and to hear the inspiring things that, uh, you know, that Kofi's doing with Ride for Unity. And mm. uh, as I say, when summer comes or when the, 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 the warmer weather is, is about, um, I'll get out on the bike and I'll join you on Strava. You might have to talk me through Strava. I'm sure it's quite simple. But yeah, uh, it would be cool to go and do that. And um, and Paul, you know, with all your stuff that you're doing as well with Square Pegs and, and with your Rocket Up and, uh, and and your One Day Elliot, you know, I, I'm I absolutely um, in awe of somebody that's uh, still creating and is still, you know, maintaining that creativity uh, in such hard times, mate. And uh, and I think what you should do, I mean, you don't have to, but I think if your Brighton Marathon is, is cancelled in September again, I think you should still run. 20, is it 27 and a half miles a marathon? 26 and a half, yeah. 26 yeah. and a half. Well, do yeah. 27, you know, round yeah, it up. Round up, round up, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to do 26 and a half, you might as well do 27. Uh, Although when I put 26 and a half point and then someone's going, just go another half mile, I might, I might get angry. Nah. But yeah, yeah. Well, I won't be there doing that. But yeah, <laughs> I, I'm saying it's easy to do an extra half mile having never run a marathon and I will not ever be doing a marathon. But um, yeah, maybe do that instead. Do a Just Giving page and you could still raise a load of cash. I reckon people would donate. I will. Uh, most yeah, of them. So yeah, and yeah. when you're when you're near, mate, just give us a shout, and I'll uh, bung a couple of quid your way, mate. So, um, we'll yeah. thank you, thank you both so much. I really appreciate your time. So. I appreciate what you're doing, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm pleased you're both keeping safe and well in, in such uncertainty. And um, I want to say thank you to anybody that's been listening. Um, before we do sign off, though, Kofi, can you just remind us uh, how people can get involved with Ride for Unity? Yeah, the main way really would be via Instagram. That's where a lot of the communication happens. So it's ride and then the number four and then unity, like how the cool kids do it. <laughs> Very cool. All right. And also your, your charity partnership. If people want to go to wiggle.co.uk, if they want to buy some of your, uh, your branded clothing, it's DHB and then ride for unity. Um, yeah. So you, they can check it out there. And, and 20% of, uh, of what you buy there goes to Laureus, uh, that fantastic exactly charity that. doing so much. So, um, you know, if you are inclined to wear the odd cycling garment, uh, then 
by by DHB. Why not? Um, but also, if you just want to help raise money for a, a wicked charity, then uh, then then head down to Wiggle.co.uk. Thanks. Um, and Paul, uh, with One Day Elliot, people can just Google that and uh, and find the beauty that is. Yeah, yeah, loads of stuff online, Spotify, all that sort of stuff, you know. Have a and look. Square Pegs, what can we do if, if we want to find more about them as well? Go to squarepegsarts.com and, um, you know, yeah, they do amazing work. I know it's yeah. my wife's charity, but they no, do. they do. And they it's, really do. Um, it's incredible. And, um, yeah, they, they could do with support because obviously lockdown hits charities really hard because of funding yeah. and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, check them out, give them some support, and that'd be great. Brilliant. Well, listen, chaps, thank you both very, very much. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. And uh, that's it. I think episode oh. 15 we're done with. Woo-hoo! Thanks, Tom. Thank, thank you, guys. The Wedding Feelers Podcast. Listen to our podcast. The buffet's closed. We're smaller clothes.